Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lelonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lelonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. Jonah chapter number four. And we continue our preaching series in the book of Jonah. Hear the word of the Lord. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tashish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, Please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat at the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under, in the, under it in the shade till he should see what would, what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, to, and the Lord said You pity the plant. For which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? All men are like grass, and, and their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God lives on forever. Holy Spirit, we ask you, may you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The compassionate God. The compassionate God. Jonah is a picture of many of us. Jonah is that prophet that was sent to, uh, by God to go to Nineveh. So that he can go and preach to the people at Nineveh. And so that those people could turn back to God. Or could turn to God. But Jonah went the opposite direction. He goes to Tashish. And on that way, on that road, or on that path. God stops him. Swallows him up in a fish and takes him right back to Nineveh to preach the word of God. And in a sense, many of us are like that. God has given us a commission. Jesus has given us a commission to take this gospel to the ends of the world. To go and proclaim the gospel. But we have chosen to go our different directions. 
many of us here are not called to go to different cities per se. But the Ninevites that are around us. Those people that are around us. That do not know Jesus as Amen. Lord and Savior. God has sent us to them. And yet we find ourselves going the opposite direction. Even though Jonah is this uh, hard-hearted, we can say, a person that will not obey God, and a person who does not have compassion for people. God is depicted as God of compassion. And in fact, from this passage we learn that the compassionate God the compassionate God wants sinners to be saved. The compassionate God wants sinners to be saved. How do we see that in this passage? I think there are three things about this compassionate God that we see. That shows us that he wants sinners to be saved. First of all, I want you to notice the attributes of the compassionate God. The attributes of the compassionate God. Remember again in the story, Jonah has been sent to Nineveh with a message to say, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The people of Nineveh have heard that message and they have repented. In fact, there's a fast that is declared by the king of Nineveh and everyone from the greatest to the smallest in Nineveh comes into that fast or fast and then they even put on sackcloth to show that they are repented before God. And so God has relented. He has not poured out his wrath on Nineveh because he has seen that the Ninevites have changed. But notice how how that, how that affects Jonah. Verse number one, we're told. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. Notice the reaction of Jonah. People have repented. People have turned back to God. And God has relented from pouring out his wrath. And Jonah is displeased. Displeased exceedingly, and becomes very angry. See, Jonah has a religious spirit. He has a religious spirit and doesn't know the heart of God. He is thinking that God is only for the Israelites. That he only works with the Jews. He has a small vision of God. He doesn't understand that this is the God of the whole universe. He created everything and wants to redeem his creation back to And so he's angry. And he prays while he's angry. In verse number two, we're told, and he, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I have said 
When I was yet in my country, that is why I made haste to flee to Tashish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take, take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? I mean, watch this guy. Okay, at least he's honest, right? At least he's, he's real with God. I mean, he's mad. And he comes to God mad. And he's praying mad. You know, some people get disappointed with God and, and, and they don't even go to God. A true relationship with God means when you are mad, when you are sad, when you are glad, you come before God and you interact with God. And so he's angry. And so he starts talking to God. He says, this is what I told you when I was back in my country that you are the kind of God that is going to forgive this people. Do you see the religious spirit? Not happy with the salvation of sinners. Thinking that there is a certain kind of people that are not allowed before God. Having a small vision, not understanding that God is bigger than you. God is bigger than your church. God is bigger than your nation. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, some people need to wake up but the God of the universe is not just the God of Kairos. It's the God of the whole world. Oh, you see them. They think their doctrines are the best doctrines because they have a narrow view. They think God only works. They think God only works with them. But anyway, in this prayer, this angry prayer Jonah still says something about God that is true in fact he speaks of the attributes of God I like what A.W. Toza wrote this is a must read book for every Christian it's called the knowledge of the holy the knowledge of the holy. The knowledge of the holy. By A.W. Tozer. And in there, when he talks about the attributes of God, he says the better word to call the attributes of God, instead of, let me rephrase it, instead of talking about the characteristics of God, he says the better word is the is the attributes of God. Because he says characteristics is something that somebody has or character is something that somebody has. And so you, we can say he's a loving person or he's a caring person. But that person is not always caring. 
She doesn't come at a point they won't be that loving. And they won't be that caring. Well, that's the nature of human beings. But when it comes to God, God is always loving. God is always caring. Because God is love. God is care. And so when you speak of the attributes of God, you are speaking those things that God is. They're not just the character of God. They're the things that God is. And notice how Jonas starts to talk about God. He says the Lord, gracious God and merciful. Now let me back up a little bit. Because the things that Jonah says about God are the things that Moses was revealed or God revealed to Moses about himself. So in Exodus chapter number 34 verse number 6 and verse number 7 God reveals himself to Moses and he shows him himself to be these things or cause himself to be these things that Jonah has called God to be. Let's, let's quickly turn there. Let's turn to Exodus chapter number 34. Verse number 6 and verse number 7. Verse number 6 says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord. Yehovah. The Lord. Yehovah. A God merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. And abounding in steadfast love. Verse number six. The Lord. The Lord. Yehovah. Yehovah. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but, while, but will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So watch this. This is exactly the very same stuff that Jonah is talking about God. That the Lord is gracious. Grace getting something that you don't deserve in the context of the anger of God where God was about to judge Nineveh but God did not judge Nineveh did not give back to Nineveh as Nineveh deserved and that's showing that he is gracious and that he is merciful oh he's a merciful God he is a gracious God. He has not dealt with us according to our iniquities. Notice what else it says. That the Lord is slow to anger. Slow to anger. He has a long fuse. 
He doesn't just go off like that. I don't know if you've ever heard some people say this. Oh, if, if there's God in heaven, let him judge me right now. Let him strike me dead right now. And all the Jonas are wishing, yes, strike him dead. No, no, the Lord is slow to anger. He's slow to anger. And so he is going, I don't think that's a good translation, brother. Slow to make mad. Hallelujah. Right? And so he will give the sinner time. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. And notice, not only is he slow to anger, but he's also abounding in steadfast love. He's abounding in steadfast love. Steadfast love usually uh, a word that is hard to translate in different languages. So the Chichewa is failing. The English also fails. The word is the word hesed in the Hebrew. And it is love that flows out of covenant. That is a covenant making God who starts or initiates contact, I mean, covenant with his people and maintains that covenant and attached to that covenant is his unconditional love. It's love love not because of but love in spite of. God always works with covenants. God always deals with human beings by covenants. And for those he has entered into covenant, his covenant love is there. His steadfast love is there. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a wonderful God. Because you see, that covenant is started by a human being. And it couldn't have been started by a human being. Because human beings are, are, are sinful creatures. Not worthy to enter into covenant covenant with God. Oh, but the gracious God, but the merciful God has his steadfast love and he starts the covenant and so that he brings people into covenant. He says he's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love and he's relenting from disaster. He's relenting from disaster. Again, that doesn't sound too good in the show. In other words, he does not give out his anger. But he relents on his anger. There comes a point like in Nineveh. When the sinner has repented. That God says, okay, you believe in me. So I account it to you as righteousness. So my judgment is not going to come upon you. Oh, he's a compassionate God. He's a gracious God. 
when Jesus Christ comes back again, there's going to be a day of judgment where God's wrath will be poured out. I mean, the wrath that would be poured out in Nineveh will have just been for Nineveh. But there's a wrath that is coming. There's a judgment that is coming. That's for the whole world. On the day that God has appointed that he's going to judge the living But again today, Here's the good news. Here's the prophetic message. God is going to come in judgment. So you must repent. Do you know the prophetic word? Is really the word that God is going to come in judgment one day. And that now is the time that you can repent. And that if you repent now, you enter into his kingdom and so when he comes with his kingdom at the end of the age you are going to come under judgment do you see the gospel in Jonah do you see the gospel in Jonah and it runs through the whole of the Bible and the gospel shows us the attributes of God. He is a loving God. He is a compassionate God. But then the Jonas are always these religious people that are not happy when sinners come to a God who is merciful. I hear horror stories about churches. That somebody goes into a church with a mohawk and then they chase him out. No, no, you can't be here. We don't do that here. No dreadlocks here. No miniskirts here. No, no, no um, dresses that show shoulders here. No, no, we don't want that. Friend, have you ever caught a fish that is scaled? There's no fish that you catch already scaled. A fish, when you catch it, you have to scale it. People, when they come to the Lord, they are searching for something deeper than what they have. In fact, they are tired with the world out there. They are tired of the lies. They are tired of the sex. They are tired of all those crazy things out there. And they just want to get into the presence of God. And when they come, they will come very raw. May we not be a hindrance 
coming of sinners Because this is the place where they'll hear the gospel. Where they'll meet their maker. But all Jonas will tell us don't dress like that. Don't don't do like like that. that. Don't don't do like that. Now, Pastor, are you saying people can dress however they want and still come to Maybe you can bring your, your cows back and sit at the back and sit Because and you know, come as you are. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. When the gospel truly hits you, change will start happening. We don't even have to tell you how you are to be. You will know by yourself. This is right. This is wrong. I remember. Remember Sister Zora? She came to the Lord on a hip-hop show. Mini skirt. We don't care. We want want she heard the gospel. Gave her life right there. And it was like from nowhere, boom, she just changed. In church. In ministry. Doing all sorts of things. God started changing her. Started changing the way she dresses. Today she's a pastor's wife. She, she preaches the gospel. We could have said, You don't dress like that. Tell your neighbor, I hope you're not a Jonah. I hope you're not a Jonah. Hallelujah. Amen. The attributes of the compassionate God. The anger against the compassionate God. And here you see Jonah angry against God. Jonah is a religious spirit. They have their own agenda, not God's agenda. They have their own expectations. So Jonah is angry that God has relented his anger on the people of Nineveh. And so here's what he does. Verse number five. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now watch this. He is angry because God has not destroyed Nineveh. He has preached the word and then he goes outside the city and watches what God is going to do. What do you think he's expecting? Anger of God, fire of God, come from heaven and burn up Nineveh. Like man of God. Didn't you believe even the word you preached? You are the one who went to preach there. What were you expecting to happen? All these people shouldn't have repented. See, he starts thinking he is God. He starts thinking that he is the one that brings about the results. No, Jonah. 
Your job is just to go and declare. Just to tell the people in Nineveh. 40 more days. And Nineveh will be overthrown. See, sometimes we put pressure on ourselves. That if I share the gospel, that somebody must accept the gospel. That they must become born again. And so if they're not getting born again, there's something wrong. Tell your neighbor, you're not God. You don't convert people. So this past week, we said seven days of witnessing. Some of us got scared to witness because we were thinking they will not accept what I have to say. Oh, they're going to laugh at me. And I'm going to be embarrassed. No, no, your job is just to say the gospel. How they react really is none of your business. It may be they'll accept Jesus. It may be they'll rebuff Jesus. And because they're rebuffing Jesus and you are the one that has brought the Jesus name, they will also be rebuffing you. But don't take it personal. It's not about you. Tell your neighbor, don't take it personal. It's not about you. See, Jonah has forgotten that. He thinks he's the one that somehow is the boss. He thinks that somehow he's got, he, he has this entitlement. He has this authority about who goes into the kingdom and who And so he's angry. Because God has not destroyed Nineveh. And then he gets angry again. Because God does not protect him from the sun. Verse number six, watch that. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah. That it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So watch God is still caring for this guy, right? I don't know, but at this point in time, I'm thinking, God, you shouldn't be doing that with this guy. This is a guy who's been angry with you. This is a guy who didn't expect you to do all this stuff. And now you're putting a shade over him? I mean, isn't that the patience of God? The long-suffering of God? So watch what God does. It says, it says in verse number seven, verse seven are good. I'm sorry, at the end of verse number six. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, verse seven. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and he asked that he might die and said it is better for me to die than to live 
But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry. Angry enough to die. Watch Jonah. God has protected him from the sun. That's when he celebrates. That's when he's exceedingly happy. When God saves the Ninevites, no. Mm -mm. You see, it's about Jonah. Jonah lives for Jonah. Jonah doesn't care what other people are going through. As long as God protects Jonah. You know we have a lot of Jonas who only care about Jonah. As long as you bless me, hallelujah. As long as you all these things are happening to me, hallelujah. But don't tell me to go and share the gospel. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me to go to sell. Where I should encourage somebody. Don't tell me that our cell should have an outreach. Because you see, my dealings with you, Lord, are about my protection. And so when the Jonas don't get protected, when God sends the scorching east wind, after he has sent the worm to, to take down the shade that he has, they get mad. Why should I go to church? God is not blessing me. Why should I go there? Because I didn't get what I wanted. So I'm going to stop doing this ministry. I'm going to stop doing this thing. Because I'm not getting what, I'm, what I want. What have they done for me? What has God done for me? Tell your neighbor, Jonah. Not that Jonah. But isn't that what we are like? When somehow we don't get what we want. When somehow things don't turn out the way we want them to turn out. And somehow we put blame on God. And I tell you, us pastors are in big trouble. Because the truth of the matter, you don't see God. But many times you see us. And we're the ones that are saying, listen, we should do such such a thing, church. Why should I do that? I'm having my trouble here. And so your issues with God, they end up on us. Because we have this work that we should do. And we should do it together with you. But you and your Jonah issues with So, this week, the week you know, church, this week, bingo, week you know, seven days of witnessing. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, and, amen. And Jonah in his heart. Seven days of witnessing what? Seven days. I have no food on my table. Seven days of That's how it works out. Hey! I tell you, when things go wrong in people's lives, that church 
And so he gets angry. Gets angry. And even comes at a point of insulting God. Because God is like, so why are you angry? I mean, I mean God, gosh, this God, I tell you, is compassionate. If it You should have died in the belly of the fish. But God, Slow to anger. Abounding in steadfast love. Again, he comes to joy. Why are you angry? But of course, we need that part of God, don't we? You see, the word for anger can also mean to boil with anger. Livid with anger. That's where he's at. He's angry. Why is this happening? Remember, he wanted to go to Tashish. Probably he was going to have his holiday there. You get it? After all the offerings he collected, he was going to touch right? him. God sent him back to Nineveh. And he was saying, Okay, at least when I preach, fire should come down. And then fire doesn't come down. So he's angry. Then he says, I just wish I would die. If it was me standing with God. God let him die. Let, let him die. But he's insulting God. Do you know, when you're in your backslidden state, you insult God. You insult God. Because you've made everything to be about you. And that when things are not working out for you, somehow it's like the end of the world. I mean, the prophet is, has become suicidal. This is suicide. If you went there, if you went there with a rope, or you went with a gun, Jonah, that says the Lord. Here. Go deeper, man of God. I'm telling you, he would have shot himself over this stuff that is nonsense. Anger against the compassion of God. You know, religious people are like that. Eh? So Jesus heals somebody on the Sabbath. They're like, why are you healing on the Sabbath? The issue is not the healing. The issue is the law he has transgressed. May we not be Jonas. May we not be Jonas. In those ministries that we have chosen. That we have yet not showed up for. May we not be Jonas there. Wanting our things to work out. And not the things of the kingdom to work out. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And so here's the third thing that we see. We see the agenda of the compassionate God. The agenda. The agenda of the compassionate God. And God has done all this to show Jonah something. Look at verse number 10. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor. Nor did you make it grow. Which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh? That great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left. And also much cattle. In other words, listen, Jonah. What I did to you was for you to learn. But notice, Jonah doesn't catch it. He's still thinking it's about himself. In fact, when you come to these two verses, you come to the heart of the book of Jonah. What the book of Jonah is really about. So God says to Jonah, Listen, that plant, you didn't even plant it yourself. That plant, you didn't grow it yourself. In other words, you, you had no investment in it. You, you just found it, isn't it? And then that plant was up in the night or, and then in the day it's gone. In other words, it's not precious, it's cheap. And yet you worry about that. You're angry about that. You're angry about temporary things. Things that you didn't even start yourself. You're all about you, Jonah. You're all about you, Jonah. Isn't that us too? Is that really? We're about our businesses flourishing. It's about getting that scholarship, right? It's about that project coming through, right? That funding to come through, right? And then the basic things about reaching out to other people that do not know Jesus is not a priority at all. Jonah's Yona. Jonas. Yona. I mean, think of it. Yona In your life right now, is the gospel a priority? Is sharing the gospel a priority? See, in Malawi, we are religious. 80% of us are said to be Christian. And so, grown up church. You get it? We going to church. So, for most of us, not going to church is something, no, you, you can't do that. If you don't go to church, somehow you feel something bad inside you. And so you must go to church. I remember. When I was a party animal. Life was a party. 
When life was about one disco to another party, another whatever, you know, there'll be those times you're broke. Because that kind of lifestyle whistles your And then Saturday night, you feel discouraged. I should go to church. And so you went to church. And you just felt better. That religious spirit just made you feel better. Because you're lying to yourself that going to church is really about making yourself feel better. That's a religious spirit. See, coming to church is about serving God. Being part of a church is about serving God. If you are not serving God and part of the church or you say you are part of the church you are here to make yourself feel good. You are here to make yourself feel righteous. And when you walk out of here, somehow you feel clean. I, I, I used to feel that before I was born again. You don't want to go to church, you don't want to go to church. And then you eventually go to church. And then when you hear that word, it makes you feel good. And you come out of church feeling, wow, that was good. But you have not given your life to Jesus. You are not living for Jesus. You are just lying to yourself. It's a religious spirit that you have. Because you are still about you. You are not going to be inconvenienced for him. No. You are not, not going to be inconvenienced for God. He wants doing it for you. And, and here's the worst part. You, you, come to, you, you say you come to worship. But really the thing that you're worshiping is you. And, and you are using God to be the stepping stone to the idols that you have. Because people do come to church. Oh, I want to be successful. Pray for me that I should be successful. Oh, pray for me I should get money. Oh, pray for me I should get this. And it's all a stepping stone or God is a stepping stone to what they Or friend, you have forgotten that gender of God. And so, and so God has to set Jonah straight. And he starts telling him, that look, you pity those things. In fact, the word for pity can also be translated compassion, to have compassion for. You have compassion for those things. And he says, but I pity the Ninevites. I pity Nineveh. That great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons. Now Nineveh at its climax, it housed about 300,000 people. This is like 6,000 years ago. 6,000 years ago. In fact, 6 might actually be less. Because, yes, this is about 8,000 years ago. Nineveh was was 1,850 hectares large. Big city. 
Big city. Everything happened in Nineveh. Everything happened there. Do you know we live in a big city? A big city. Over two million people in Longwe. Over a million in the city in the urban area right now. Over a million in the in the city itself. And one million in the urban. And then maybe another 1.2 million even outside the rural of Lelongo. And God wants these people touched. He wants them touched. Look at how he's explaining about the people in Nineveh. They don't know their right hand from their left hand. In other words, they don't know what's right or what's wrong. And God wants these people to come at a point of knowing that he's going to judge them he's going to judge them if they don't turn to him. Isn't that our commission too? That God has set us in the city. That we would declare to the city. That one day God is coming in judgment. But today is the day of salvation. That if you turn your heart to him. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Then you are going to be saved. That's what we've been called. And you know, many of us don't care. Many of us think, oh, it's for the pastors. It's for the guys that go to Bible college. No, 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 no. Friend, in the New Testament, the Spirit has been poured on all of us. All of us. We are called to be witnesses. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. All of us have been called to witness to this but we have this thing that says there are other people that are fit for the gospel and other people that are not fit for the gospel. It's not for the Ninevites. It's for us Jews. It's not for the Indians. It's for us Malawians. It's not for the Burundians. It's for us Malawians. We have been called to go to the rest of the world. Friend, this is where the New Testament mission is greater than the Old Testament mission. Jonah was to go to the Nineveh. We have been called to go to the rest of the world. But guess what we're doing? We're busy. Trying to find our blessing. 120,000 people. And 120,000. Does God care about numbers? Yes. Because numbers are souls of people. I have some friends. In Christ who say, oh no, no, no. You don't have to have a big church. Small church is good. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Big church is good. Because big church is souls. We should win as many souls as possible. Hallelujah. 
And all that needs to happen and is for you to forget you and, and to share the gospel. It's for you to forget about you and to share the gospel. And you'll be surprised at how many people there are out there that are just ready and waiting to hear the gospel. Yesterday we were eating at some place. And I was like, hey, this waiter let me tell him about Jesus so I ask him hey listen I want to talk to you sit down hey, do you know Jesus and we started talking and then it turned out that he's actually a Bucks leading Christian and we prayed together and he received Jesus under normal circumstances I probably would have just been going about my business. But friend, there are people all around you. They are people all around us that are just waiting for us to tell them about Jesus. How many of us shared the gospel last week with somebody? Witness to somebody. How many of us One and a half? Three and a half, four, five, okay. Church, what are we doing? We are here to be witnesses. Tell your neighbor, what are you doing? You are here to be a witness. Hallelujah. Amen. It's nicely uncomfortable in here. Amen. Listen. This week, we're going to witness again. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to touch people. And we're going to bring those people here. Oh, you want to just want to have a big church. That's what God wants. He wants a big kingdom. And he's waiting for us to take this gospel to the ends of the world. So that more people can come in. So that they can be discipled. And do what we have been doing to them. Hallelujah. Amen. May you not be a Jonah. May you remember the agenda of God. That God wants to touch the nations. May you not be angry with God. Because he's not doing things for you. And remember the attributes of God. That he's a God of steadfast love. Slow to anger. And relenting in his anger. And do you know what this is about at the end of the day? If somebody doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, there's a day that is coming where he's going to judge. But now, it's a day of grace where if anybody calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. For those of us that are Christians, it's a reminder 
Let's not be like Jonah. Let's not think that life is about us. And and things revolve around us. But God has called us that we should touch the nations. We start with the people around us. And then we go further than that. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.